Welcome back. Uh, you're watching Stock Watch with me, Bright Kumalo. Uh, tackling your stock-related questions this evening are Devin Shoot from the Robay Group and Derek Janse van Rensburg uh, from ANCA. Don't forget to send those questions via SMS to 41392, email stockwatch at bdtv.co.za or tweet us at Business Day TV using the hashtag stockwatch. Uh, Derek, uh, Devin, welcome to the show. I'll start with you, Derek. Uh, can you give us sort of a market wrap locally i mean um, we had our own economic numbers out uh, not economic numbers but um, the central bank uh, you know um, you know increased interest rate by 75 basis point which was mostly expected but the interesting bit is that um, you know the split was 3-2 because the other two wanted interest rates increased by a percent what did you make of all of that and where did we close today on the jc yeah, I think if you just look at markets and you just look at the performance of equities globally and obviously locally over the last, let's just call it very short term over the last month and even longer than that through the course of this year, yeah. it's very difficult to, for, for equities to fight this tide of rising inflation and interest rates at the moment. And as you mentioned, we obviously got that interest rate uptick out of the Fed this week yeah. and then obviously South Africa following suit today. So. You know, I think a lot of that was probably priced in, but equities generally don't like rising uh, interest rate environments. And, you know, we've got to be frank with ourselves. You know, we certainly are in, let's call it a bit of a bear market at the moment. The slide continues. Uh, relief rallies are very short-lived at the moment. So who knows where the bottom will be? All I can tell you is that there is some fundamental value that's starting to show its face, and that talks to the local boss as well as offshore markets. Um, but yeah, it's a tough environment at the moment. I think the only place to really have kind of hidden through the course of 2022 has been holding US dollar cash. And we've seen that with the uh, currency sitting, uh, you know, the local rand sitting towards the dollar at 1770, starting to strengthen a little bit today. And I think that was also one of the mitigating factors to increase by 75 basis points today, where we have had this very strong dollar and we've got to start thinking um, how are we going to mitigate, uh, you know, some attraction towards the rand at some point? And I think that really kind of was the edge or the, or the sharp knife and the sword that actually increased rates by 75 basis points. Yeah. Long and short, still a very, 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 very tough environment out there for, from an equities perspective. Yeah, so the, expect more of these market gyrations. I mean, the JSC overall uh, was down about 1.4% today. Some of the top winners... Uh, you know, stocks like Goldfields, Anglo Gold, and in the losers, we've had, uh, you know, um, Pepco, you know, Naspers down there, you know, Process, Richmond. So they, 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 there's no place to hide unless you held these uh, gold stocks. Maybe I should ask, uh, I, I should open this question, um, open with this question, sorry, Devin. I mean, we have a, a question here on, on email which is asking us, uh, if the gold play uh, would pay off. I mean, like we said, you know, there's uh, high inflation, rampant inflation. We've got increasing interest rates. Stock markets is down a lot. This is the time for gold to shine. But unfortunately, that's not what's happening. I mean, we're talking about uh, um, we're back to where we were basically before, you know, COVID. So why, why what's happening with gold? Yeah, I mean, it's... It it should be right. So according, according to the the theory books, it, yeah, gold gold's really been a massive disappointment. So I mean, I don't think it, it sold off as aggressively as some other assets, but it hasn't. Given the portfolio insurance and the inflation hedge, 
features that that you would expect in this environment. I'm I'm not too sure why, but I think Derek's right. You know, if you weren't in the US dollar pretty much during the course, you know, the last five, six months, there's really been very little place to hide. And it's been a very unnerving time for investors and, you know, a lot of head scratching and a, a, a lot of really having to take stock and, you know, not pander to those emotions that every single investor feels. And yeah, I think we, we've got a bumpy ride in it yet as we continue to, you know, watch the, the news flow globally um, with inflation being the main focal point of that. I mean, this week was just a barrage of central banks raising interest rates almost in concert. Um, you've got yeah. the Bank of Japan now stepping into the currency market because their currency is the weakest it's been in 25 years. And yeah, you, re- you really just got a, a, a tough situation out there and it does call for caution. And yeah, unfortunately, gold hasn't been one of those places to hide either. <laughs> so if you're holding gold now, what do you do, Devin? Yeah, look, I mean, I, I, I think you're in. I, I think it's it's probably not going to fall out of bed. It may not give you the returns you want, but if you're looking at other risk assets that are, are still selling off quite aggressively as we come to terms with where these new potential central bank interest rate trajectories are going, um, you, you, you could be worse positioned. Okay. Um, I, I'm, I'm not expecting much upside, but, but I think downside limited. Okay, interesting. Um, Clyde here on email says, good evening, panel. Uh, why the big drop in NASPERS and process today? Um, Tencent in Hong Kong was only down about 1.6%, but the, the above two shares are down about 4.5% each. Devin? Uh, Brad, nothing specific on today, but, uh, but I mean, I think what we really had is markets grappling with the, the, the Fed hike again last night. I think although... 75 basis points was priced, but it's still a massive hike for the Fed. And I think the hawkishness, the, the ratchet up in hawkishness and the Fed willing to sacrifice economic growth to get ahead of inflation now finally is, is coming home to roost. And I, and I think that really does pose massive headwinds to companies like um, NASPERS Process and Tencent, the big subsidiary there. So, yeah, I... Could, could be that. I, I don't know if there's anything more specific on it, but yeah, the, the interest rates are definitely wreaking havoc at the moment. Yes, and Derek, uh, are you of the same school of thought to say, you know, um, the, the stocks that are seen as high growth, uh, you know, get beaten the most in such times? Yeah, I think also what you've got to put into perspective is the fact that um, you've got 10 cents very close to five-year lows, so yeah. sitting at about 280 Hong Kong dollars. Sure. There was a very big structural change that took place about four months ago where process obviously announced uh, selling down a further 2% holding in Tencent as they try to unlock the net asset value discount associated with the uh, some of the parts holding. And that actually caused quite a big rally in these shares. They went up to the tune of 30 to 40% in a very short space of time. And then obviously, as we start to digest that and digest that uh, 2% sell down, um, you know, you then open to market forces. So obviously, with 10 cent making very close to five year lows uh, and you get a bit of a negative day with a bit of negative sentiment out there, you know, they've done well relative to 10 cent over the last six months, the NASPAS and the process position. So I think it would be a little bit natural to actually see a little bit of an overreaction in these two share prices, NASPAS and Process, relative to Tencent, just given what they've done over the last four to six months uh, on the back of that announcement, selling 2% down in Tencent. 
Okay, fantastic. Uh, we have a, another question on the SMS which says, uh, Tungela dropped yesterday by 58 rands because of ex-div uh, of around 60 rands declared. And today, uh, you know, the, the, the share price increased 11 rands to 329 rands. Uh, Taking into account the 60 rand dividend that will be paid out on the 26th, the total value is about 389. Shall I keep or sell uh, or buy more of these Tungelas at this share price? Thanks. This is from Paul. Uh, Devin? Yeah, look, I mean, I mean, I'm not sure you can quite expect the, those bumper dividends again, but, you know, being a shareholder, well done, take, take them and run. Um, I, I think structurally there, there is still a huge supply shortage in energy and coal specifically, and, and I think that is going to drive tightness in the market for some time to come. I think that will give an underpin to companies like Tungela there. And, you know, maybe you don't get the, the dividends you're getting now, but but I think there, there is still lots of future profits to be distributed to shareholders. That that being said, you know, a single commodity producer, it is going to be volatile. Um, yeah. and, and, you know, anyone who's been invested in there will have experienced that. But but that's that that's that's part of the, the investment in in these basic materials companies. Um, yeah, I, I I think hold on, I'm not too sure I would be adding after the run it's had but but I do think there's a structural demand for coal that will still play out. Any further thoughts there, Derek, on Tungela? So another point to note is that yes, it went extive uh, on Wednesday, sixty rand a share on our local boards. Um, it also went active today in London. Yes. So that share price was down to the tune of around 10% today. Um, and I think all eyes were on how that share price in London was actually going to react. And it obviously reacted a lot more positive than what shareholders expected. And that accounted for the big move to the upside, sort of touching 335 today, I think closing just under 330 or in and around those levels today. Um, so really a nice uh, a nice dividend strip for a lot of shareholders out there at the moment. Um, in terms of the coal market and where to from here, I still think that the bullish sort of scenario and case and fundamental case around Tungela remains, particularly over the, over the next six months. Um, you know, a lot of the easy money is being made, but we've got to also highlight the fact that the Eurozone is obviously going into a winter period now. They've got to look at alternative energy um, sources, and that talks to the switching on of a lot of nuclear plants in, inside the Eurozone. And the, the demand for coal, to me, seems like it's going to remain, particularly over the, over the next six months. Um, be very close to the door on this. As soon as you start seeing um, alternative energy coming into the mix, coal prices starting to come off a little bit it can react quite quickly to the downside. But as I sit today, I still think that you're probably going to make up that dividend, that uh, that 60 Rand uh, share price down. You put that and you lob that back onto the share price. The share price is making new highs. The momentum is behind it. Yeah. The sort of backdrop of the coal market still seems very much intact to see these elevated coal prices. So I wouldn't say I'm extremely bullish, but I do think you're probably going to see some further higher prices from where we sit today of 3.30 per share. Let's talk about uh, U.S. markets now. I mean, we're back. This is round two. Uh, the gyrations have been wild. I mean, today, uh, you know, pre-market, we're up about 0.7%. Uh, you know, we open <laughs> deep in the red. Uh, the gyrations are still going. And to be clear, it's more volume than what we've seen in the past 
three trading days because everyone was just, you know, on the sidelines uh, waiting to see what the Fed's going to do. But all that's driving that. Actually, I should ask you, Devin, what, what's driving that currently? Because it's, it's, it's a little bit too much if you're looking at it, you know, ticker for ticker. Yeah. Uh, yeah so I think... oh, sorry, was it Derek or Devin? No, sorry, Derek, you can go, Derek. Okay, so, so sorry, Devin. Um, so, um, you know, I, I actually think, and you know, I was actually thinking about it today as I was moving around, and I think that the Fed is actually kind of over-promised and under-delivered here, where you are actually seeing, um, you know, they kind of said that they would get inflation under control. You would see uh, interest rates coming down sooner. You know, that really hasn't played out. You know, they've obviously had to play a bit of catch-up, and they've had to adapt to the changing environment that we see uh, currently taking place at the moment. So I think that's kind of given a bit of a shock to the market, where what we're seeing at the moment is a big structural overhaul in terms of this uh, higher interest rate environment, it's going to stay higher than what we ex uh, higher for longer than what we expected, and that obviously doesn't bode well for equities. Um, we had an inflation print about a week ago out of the U.S., uh, which was slightly worse than expected, and on the back of that, you saw about a five percent down day on the Nasdaq in particular. Correct. So you know, markets are very sensitive to how high this inflation number can go. Um, again, I, I say it sort of tongue-in-cheek, I think the Fed is kind of, uh, you know, wasn't quite sure what to expect in terms of all the printing of cash that's taken place. And structurally, I think the economy is in a little bit worse of a place than what the Fed expected. So, you know, we're adapting to this environment. Interest rates are going up sharply. Hopefully, over the next sort of six months, we will start to see the effect of this higher interest rate environment and curbing inflation. But certainly markets are looking for inflation to plateau, and that will then so obviously signal a bit of a buying opportunity for equities. Yeah, this sounds super hawkish, uh, which, you know, we can summarize it as saying, you know, they're kitchen sinking this because, you know, they're trying to overhaul the whole thing structurally, you know, in one fell swoop. And that, that, that's usually not their stance, like you're saying. It's quite interesting. Do you agree, Devin, or do you have other thoughts? you know, that are varying from ours because we can't sit here and hold hands and, and nod forward. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I mean, I, th I, th I think it did get away from the, the Fed, didn't it? So, you know, yeah. we this earlier this year, can you believe it? They were still talking transitory. Um, then that, that kind of moved to a soft landing narrative, and that's pretty much been thrown out the, the, the window now as well. I, I, I think they are very concerned that, you know, this inflation gets away from them and becomes entrenched um there are signs that that this kind of heavy stick they've taken to inflation now albeit probably later than they they should have is working on inflation expectations those is early indications those are starting to come down and i think that's going to be an important indicator for the fed to watch because those are really what becomes entrenched and and drive the higher inflationary cycle it's really tough for these long duration kind of tech companies at the moment to to make yeah. head or tail of of where to go i think investors are, are are struggling with what the correct valuations are for these and as a result with so much uncertainty um you, you, you're just seeing a complete pullback on anything risky as we alluded to earlier and yeah really just the dollar being a a beneficiary so yeah i i think you know hindsight perfect science that the fed could definitely be more proactive and now you're seeing you know what what is quite 
rash, um, not rash, let, 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 let's say extreme hikes to try and get this under control and the market's not sure if they will. Yeah, no, it's gut-wrenching to say the, the least, you know, as someone on the other side of that trade. <laughs> not gonna, not gonna lie. Uh, we've got a question from uh, Shuaib Kaji. I hope I said that fine. Um, why is the price of Capitec dropping continuously? Is there any hope now as we are sitting at 52-week lows? Uh, Derek, Capitec, an interesting one. I mean, they had that scandal where, you know, you couldn't do anything on the app for like three days or four days or ho however many days. The, the share price didn't blink and all of a sudden it's, you know, sort of tailing. I think there's a couple of things here. I think if we just look at the market overall, we've seen um, banks as a sector come off their highs um, quite sharply over the last, call it three to four months. Um, and you take first rand as a proxy, kind of peaking out around 70, 72 rand, sitting at about 63 or sub 63 at the moment. Capitech came out with results. The thing about Capitech is it's always been a very high PE stock. Um, it's always delivered with very strong uh, growth numbers, double-digit HIPS growth. Uh, it's been a great company to be invested in over the last 20 years, and it's delivered great returns. But certainly, you know, when you start to see this, let's just call it a bear market take place, highly valued stocks have got the potential to unwind quite quickly. So on the back of those numbers that came out, I think it was about a week, a week and a half ago, um, you've seen a little bit of a re-rating in the stock. So it sold off a little bit more than the other banks. Um, but again, followed the other banks down in terms of the sort of sell-off that we've seen over the last couple of weeks. Yeah. Um, where, to, where to from here? Difficult to say. I do think that um, it's a little bit overdone in the short term and you should probably see a little bit of a re relief rally. But again, I don't see race away prices to the upside. You know, my, my sort of fair valuation on it sort of takes me back towards 1819 per share, 1,800, 1,900 per share. And then I don't expect too much from there until we start seeing this inflation cycle start to plateau from where we're at. Yeah, you're right. It's not that far off from the 1,650 we're seeing here. Uh, Devin, um, any thoughts on Capitech? I mean, this is the one that got away. It looks like it's coming back to us. <laughs> got away for many people, right? <laughs> uh, yeah. Oh, always seems to, to, to be a company that trades at pretty high valuations. And yeah, I've got to agree with Derek there. You know, those higher multiple companies are more vulnerable when you have the these market sell-offs. Um, and, and so you, you have that inherent risk in there, particularly when you look at the, the rest of the sector, you know, kind of the, the other four big banks were, were definitely not on demanding multiples. APSA in particular and Standard Bank also not bad there. So yeah, on a relative basis, a, a lot more to fall, not not to say that there's anything wrong with the business model and such, but but I think the price okay. you're paying for investments at the moment is is, is key. And then, yeah, markets just, yeah, not, not tolerance of risk as we've discussed. Yeah, and, uh, and when you look at the customer base and, you know, the write-downs that are going to have to be taken on, uh, considering, um, you know, rising interest rates, I'd say, uh, you know, provisions will be higher for something like a Capitec than, you know, in the big four. So maybe that has something to do with it as well. Um, talking about cream of the crop, uh, we've got a question here from Anthony Barnard who says, can the panel give the, uh, their view on N91? Uh, we've just covered banks thoroughly. So N91, um, you know, is seen as, you know, the Harvard of 
listed asset managers. Um, so uh, your analysis of N91, uh, Derek? So I think if you just look at asset management companies in general, whenever you see these softer markets, they're obviously going to take take their toll from what markets do. So lower equity prices tend to dictate which way these share prices go. Um, and you've seen it in the likes of Quilter as well. A little bit of corporate action sort of steaming underneath the sort of bonnet there at the moment. But certainly I think asset managers and you look at Coronation kind of moving quite quickly down to these lower 30 Rand levels, they're all out of favor at the moment. And it's kind of indicative of lower markets and lower equity prices. I think 91 as a business is certainly, um, as you say, a cream of the crop. It's, it's certainly um, well diversified. You've got a lot of offshore exposure. So the RAND is certainly going to help um, mitigate some of the downside potential in the short term. But asset managers in general are typically well-placed uh, businesses. You know, obviously you get bear markets from time to time, but typically stock prices are listed because we expect the share prices to go up, go up over the long term. And obviously you've got to then pick the, the winners within that sort of um, regime. So it's soft. I actually see a lot of these asset managers as, as an opportunity. They do pay out some decent yields. If you look yes. at Coronation, Coronation, for example, paying out about 9-10% yield at these prices. Um, so if you're prepared to just forego a little bit of capital upside in, in the short term and collect some yield, I think they look like opportunities to me as you hopefully start to see some higher equity prices and higher markets as we move into the next year from where we're at at the moment. Yeah, Devin, I just looked at, um, you know, the different just, you know, historic PEs here. You've got uh, N91, you've got Coronation, you've got Coulter, all at single digits PE with N91 at nine something and, you know, um, Coronation and um, Coulter much lower. Uh, what are we missing here? Yeah, I mean, I think Derek's points about them falling out of favor is exactly right. And, you know, they, they often do move in lockstep with, yeah. with financial financial markets. But, you know, the business models are interesting. They're very asset-like businesses. They, they they spend a lot on human capital, but not too much on, you know, equipment and, and that type of thing. PPE. So they when, when they are profitable, they're fantastically so. And they've got really strong annuity revenue built into their, their business models. But, you know, they, they need markets to perform. And a lot of them earn significant amount of their profits out of those performance fees, which are under scrutiny. And, you know, when the markets are performing, it's very difficult for an asset manager to to generate those. So, yeah, I think the the yields are attractive and, and will be for a while. And, you know, if, if markets do settle down and recover and we see strength coming back in, I, I think they're a, a particularly nice part of the market to be positioned to capture some of that almost leverage as, as markets move higher. Yeah, um, the, the, that's a great analysis on our asset managers locally, but it's time to wrap it up. I'll start with you, Derek, uh, your stock pick for the evening. So I'm actually going to lean towards the banks. Um, obviously, our local market has uh, felt a bit of downward pressure over the last month, two weeks to a month. Um, and as I mentioned earlier, you've seen this first rand share price peak out in the sort of top or, or higher 60 rand levels and come down to 62 and some change at the moment. They recently came out with results very well-run business, um, you know, a very safe way to play the uncertain markets at the moment. 
you're also going to collect some decent yield out of it. I think there's got to be a lot of um, attention in this market environment towards dividend yield and dividend underpin, and they declared their normal div as well as a special div. So yeah. there is certainly some nice yield underpin at these prices. Um, and hopefully, if we do start to see better markets, you'll start to see some higher share prices in that. So how I'm positioning at the moment on the local markets, I'm happy to collect some yield. I think first trend looks attractive. And hopefully we do see some higher higher share prices and higher markets from where we're at at the moment. Yeah, yeah, I like that first rand for you, Derek. And Devin, your pick? Uh, Bryce, one we chatted about before, Lamb Research Corporation. So they supply the semiconductor industry, which has really had a tough time with supply chain disruptions that we all know about. What Lamb does is very unique wafer fabrication into those semiconductors. So, you know, quite quite hard to, to replicate in that regard and a real key part of the, the manufacturing supply chain there. It's a 40-year-old business, high quality, and the, the stock understandably has come under pressure this year. It is nearly halved, but we see the, the long-term demand for semiconductors is really strong, driven by cloud computing and data storage, and you're getting the opportunity to buy a company like this at, at almost record low valuations. I like that. So LAM uh, research there uh, for you, Devin. So it's LAM and First Rand. Thank you very much, gentlemen. Uh, thanks to my guests, Devin Shute from the Robay Group and Derek Janssen van Rensburg from Anka. Do join Zinati for the Friday edition of Stockwatch. Send your questions uh, during the day via SMS to 41392, email stockwatch at bdtv.co.za or tweet us at Business Day TV using the hashtag Stockwatch. The show airs live at 19.30. Have a good evening and have a good weekend.